You're listening to WMNF Tampa, music and news. Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum right here on WMNF 88.5 FM, Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. This is the voice of the Tampa Bay area, Walter L. Smith II, your host, along with main man Mabili for the state crew. What's going on, man? Not too much. How you feeling? Pretty good. Pretty yeah? good. Okay. All right. What'd you do this weekend? Nothing. Just look for stories on Florida, man. They'll take you off guard with that. <laughs> no, we uh, did come up here yesterday and... And we shot a video uh, concerning. Don't, don't say, don't say, come up here and say we shot. Just <laughs> pause right there, man. You pause right there. I'm like, hey, hey, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but we were talking about uh, one of our late hip hop DJs, Kenny K, and yeah. the 50th anniversary of hip hop. You're doing a, a tribute and a, a documentary. On Kenny K. And I videotaped my section yesterday here. Okay. okay. All right. We got an Oscar coming. Yeah. We got an Oscar coming. You know. How was that? How was it? It was excellent. It was excellent. We, uh, you know, got a couple of things that I had to repeat, but uh, we got the story right. That's what, I, that's what I wanted to make sure of, that you got the story right. Yeah, we got okay. it right. Okay, all right, so y'all got it right. So I think the family will be will be proud. Right, right. You know, <laughs> there, there, 
certain people that that you uh, that, that you have a tendency to leave out in the story of hip hop in various regions. But mm. Kenny K is not one of them. No, <laughs> Kenny K is definitely not one of them. You know. No. Um, so man, shout out to you guys for what you're doing and what you have done regarding that. And you keep on, you know. I hope the hope the uh, the documentary comes out well. I hope it yeah. comes out well. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we, we, a lot has happened this past uh, week that. We're going to be discussing. One of the things we're going to be discussing is this violence that's happened down in Ybor, Ybor City in the past week or so, right? Um, and it, it is something that we cannot ignore. It has to be addressed, and we're, we're going to address it. I think that last week we we covered enough of of this thing that's going on in in Israel. I, I think we covered it enough. Um, that is, that, wow. <laughs> uh, uh, just unbelievable, man, unbelievable. That it is taken on, it's become a zeitgeist, right? It is taking a life of its own. It has uh, taken lives. That the whole thing has taken lives. Thousands upon thousands of lives have been taken. And, and, the dynamics of what's happening over there, let me just be clear about this point. The dynamics of what's happening over there is a direct result of colonialism. Mm-hmm. Direct result of colonialism. It, 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 colonialism destabilizes anything. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. You cannot ignore that point. And when you, and when you look at, what, at, at the destabilization of that region... And in its in its initial stages, you can't ignore what the British did. You can't ignore what the French did. You can't ignore what we did, what the United States did in that region. It is disgusting. It's disgusting. And to say that, to say that, uh, you know, I've, I've had the, the conversation a billion times over, and they're just flat out wrong, flat out wrong, to say that Palestine never existed. Before 1948, 1947, that is wrong. That's incorrect. It did not exist to to certain Europeans, but it has been a, it's been a part of history. It is on maps. It's on maps. So to say that it never existed and that people never lived there is a lie. As an out out lie. And I, I mean, you know, I challenge anybody to come forward with something on that one. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. That that assertion is asinine. And not only that, what's happening on our college campuses is is atrocious. The fact that people are not dealing in facts in a lot of the cases. And I think what one thing we might should do in the future as this is going on or after this dies down is to talk about the comparison that people continue to make with apartheid South Africa. You know, it's not a fair comparison to keep saying that the fight of Hamas is equivalent to the fight that black South Africans waged against the Dutch Afrikaner, you know. And so, you know, we need to delve deeply into that tendency to continue to use that fight as justification for any degree of violence you know, that Hamas might be willing to dole out. And that's, you know, that needs some discussion. Yeah, and, and let me be clear. Let me be very clear about that point. They wrong. I mean, Hamas is, Hamas is just wrong. <laughs> just flat out wrong. But so is Israel. You know, you cannot attack. You cannot attack these people like this. That That's just wrong. Um, the collective punishment. Collective punishment yeah. is just flat out wrong. Mm-hmm. And 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 it is it is a known... For those people who don't know what it is, collective punishment is a known international law with regard to warfare uh, that that is established in order to protect uh, innocents or individuals who are caught in a war. Um, in in the case in this particular case, uh, and in other cases, but in this particular case, we um, we would be talking about. The punishment of the of of the people who are endangered 
or are being oppressed, right, because the terrorist group lives amongst them, right? And to say that you're going to shut off everybody, shut off the the water systems, shut off food, shut off it lights, stuff like that, and, until they come out. Until they come out. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Well, I mean, okay, so so what you do, what, what, what do you do? In situations like that, you're supposed to be sophisticated, right? Well, if you're so sophisticated, then create uh, your special, get your special forces ready. Go on in there and get them, if that's, if that's what you know. You know, you got intelligence. You have people down there, clearly. That, that, that you know, that, that exists. It's there. But no, what it seems to me, the insistence is to, is to go ahead. I mean, you listen to what's being said. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, everybody's an animal. And I'm like, come on, man. Animal. Answer subhuman. Subhuman. Come on, man. Yeah. That's not that's not that's not okay. And it's not okay to turn around. It's not okay for anybody, right? But it's certainly not okay in this particular case. Um, you know, where it's supposed to be excused that they say such things and and then act in the manner that they're acting. It is it is reminiscent is reminiscent of what happened to us here in the United States. Okay? So if I if I were to give you an example of what I mean by that, um, okay, how many innocents were there in Philadelphia when they bombed the Move building? How many innocents were there? Don't know, do you? No, no, you have no idea. As far as I'm concerned, they were all innocents. They're all innocents, <laughs> right? Reason to bomb, a yeah. What reason you have to bomb? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they just wanted to start. They just wanted to get. They wanted to. They wanted to destroy the movement. Mm-hmm. That was the key. It didn't matter who was a part of the movement or not. There were people in that building that weren't a part of the movement. Right? There were people on that on that block that weren't a part of that. So this is what this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. Okay, another example. Slavery. Right? What what happened? Well, well who who took the piece of cornbread? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm gonna take uh, since nobody's coming forth. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna beat everybody until I figure it out. Yeah, but you know, it's interesting that you raise slavery because that's uh, the the idea of kidnapping is how slavery started. Yeah, <laughs> you got to kidnap the the royalty, and then the royalty says we'll give you some commoners in exchange for us, and that's how it all started. So we don't want that to start becoming the norm again. And this is what you know has happened in order for Hamas to protect itself from the onslaught of Israeli incursions into Gaza. Mm, well, well, Hamas, I don't know how we should put that. Hmm? For Hamas to protect itself or for the Palestinian people to protect themselves? For Hamas to protect themselves from the onslaught by using the hostages as human shields. Oh, okay, got you. Got okay. you. I see your point. I see your point. Okay. Okay, I see your point. But man, this is ugly. This is ugly, and uh, but it's going to get better, man. It's going to get better. I, I have every faith in it. Um, you know, we we had uh, you know if Sadat could do it, you know we can do it again. We can be done again, right? So um, we have a, we have a play coming up to hell and back. That's right. We talked to him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, the the play is by my main man Nasir. He came in um, about two weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, um, along with uh, I call him Lasizel because that's the name. That's the only demon name I know. But <laughs> and that comes from the movie with uh, uh, Denzel Washington. That was the demon that kept jumping bodies. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. <him> Lasizel. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, anyway, Nasir uh, is a local uh, producer and director, and he created a uh, Nasir Fanning is his full name. Um, That's his government name. Uh, he made a, a, a movie, uh, not a movie, excuse me, a play, a stage play called To Hell and Back. It looks like 
from the advertisement, truthfully, it looks like something that belongs on the big screen. Mm-hmm. It looks like something that belongs on the big screen. It is a very well-done flyer, and certainly, I'm sure, it has great actors. But To Hell and Back uh, is a story that deals with the morality of, of, of humans. Um, it deals with the issue of the vices of humans, what happens, um, what, what happens when you in, indulge in these things and, and you don't think about what happens in the afterlife, right? Um, are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? And in this particular case, they analyze what happens when you go to hell, right? What, what, what are you going to compromise for that? And so um, this, is, this seems to be a great, great uh, play. The, again, this, is, this play is called To Hell and Back by Nasir Fanning, a local, local artist. And it is going to be on Saturday, November 11th at 7 p.m. Saturday, November 11th at 7 p.m. at the um, Center for the Arts at Wesley Chapel. The Center for the Arts at Wesley Chapel at uh, 30651, 30651 Wells Road, Wesley Chapel. Check it out. Check it out. Saturday, November 11th to hell and back (laughs) in a world where... uh, all I can Amen. say is, Tyler Perry, look out for Nasir. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> In a world where demons roam the earth, <laughs> who's going to fight back? Nasir fatting into <laughs> hell and back. Okay. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Yeah, I think you should do some voiceovers, That's Walter. That's pretty, pretty good, huh? <laughs> yeah, do some audio books. <laughs> man, don't be sitting there... Don't be uh, uh, trying to build me up on that, man. Why not? Hype me up on that type of thing, man. Go ahead and embarrass book. myself. No way. Go do an audio book, man. Yeah. You know what I was, I was wanting to do? I want, you know, I'm a big comic book fan, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a voiceover for some, for a Justice League movie, uh, one of those Justice <laughs> League cartoons, man. Okay. Hopefully they'll pick me up. DC Comics. Hope they're listening. Hope you're listening. <laughs> Marvel. No, you know what's up. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come get me, son. Come get me. Come get me. All right, here we go. Um, listen, we, we had we had some violence violence take place in Ebor City, right? There's a lot that was going on on the east side of town, right? In the past week. So last weekend, was it last weekend? Last weekend, weekend before, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. on Saturday, before before we get to the violence, let me show you, let me show you how this progressed because I was very disappointed to find out it even happened, right? So that Saturday on the um, the twenty first, twenty first, right? Um, we had a think tank, and it's an environmental justice think tank, and it was tremendous. If, shout out to everybody who came out, by the way. Shout out to everybody who came out. It, what made it tremendous, Mabili, was the fact that you had you had more people of color that were present than anybody else in that room. Yeah. And that was a lot of people, too. It was a lot of people. It, it, let me, let me, to illustrate it for you, we're in the, we were in the recreation room of the Reed Apartments. The Reed Apartments, Okay. And we were going over the issues surrounding what they call the energy burden. Now, the energy burden is when you have, you're paying these high electric bills that have happened, this phenomenon, so to speak, that is happening because the energy companies, including Tico, Tampa Electric, Arch, you know, Archie Collins, led by Archie Collins, has gone out there to the um, to the utilities commission and getting rate hikes, increases the rates. So as they're getting these rate hikes, they're increasing prices. Why do you think these rate hikes are taking place? It's because they have been bad actors. Okay? There are things they have to pay that we're having to foot the bill for. You understand what I'm saying? So what what happens? They go and they get, they raise the rates so that we have to pay for it. Right, and what it does is it puts the people at a very bad disadvantage. Why? Because what ends up happening is they're paying more than sixty percent of their income. More than sixty percent of the income—that is the beginning of what you call an energy burden. 
okay? There, there are other parts of the energy burden that people need to consider, and we discussed that on that day. And uh, one, of the, one, of the, uh, one of the things that happens during the energy burden uh, for some people, and it's a horrible thing, absolutely horrible, is that there are people out there, man, who've lost their children because they can't pay their utility bills. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine no. that? Mm-mm. Okay, so you can't pay. You want me to paint the scenario for you? Yeah. Okay, here it is. Scenario is this: um, you you're, you you can't pay your utility bill, right? You have to make a decision. You can't pay your utility bill. You get shut off. You get shut off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take your child to school. Child goes to the teacher and says, um, "Just say, well, why didn't you do your homework or whatever it might be?" Uh, well, because the electricity got cut off in our house. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So as they tell that story, by law, the teacher now has to report this to DCF, okay, to the property authorities. Once that happens, they come to check and investigate what's going on, and the child, there's a chance that the child can be taken out of the home as a result of that. That is another aspect of the energy burden. But do you think Tico cares about it? Mm-mm. You think they know about it? Mm-mm. They've been in their ivory tower the entire time and disconnected from the people that they're supposed to be serving. They have no idea that this is happening in some cases. Hmm. I venture most period. They have no idea this is happening, right? That families are being split up. Yeah. They got, they got to go live with grandma. They got to go live somewhere else or whatever it is. But, but the bottom line is there is an intervention. It's a government intervention that should not take place. Right, all because they want to raise rates to line their pockets. There's no need for it. There's no need for it at all. Paying for their bad habits. So there seems to be some interesting reporting going on on this point because it looks like there was a report that came out on November the 1st. It talks about both companies, Duke and Tico, going to the Florida Commission Public Service Commission to lower the rates, but this come right after there was a major increase. So when the lower rate is only $17, how much was the increase before that? I don't know, man. It was about 60-some percent. So I'm just wondering, is that the game? That you raise the rates exorbitantly high and then ask for a small decrease? Come on. It was ridiculous. Not to mention the fact that you had people who were in such bad shape because of it. They would offer them a discount, right? So check out this discount. When you get a discount, right, it's like, okay, so here's this this sandwich, right? And the sandwich is like, uh, what, $10? Mm-hmm. I ain't paying with no $10 sandwich. But anyway, <laughs> with a $10 sandwich. Yeah, I'm going to need something else. I'm going to give you something else with that sandwich, right? <laughs> But anyway, but, but anyway, I'm sorry. That's not. I'm, this is not a funny situation. But anyway, uh, but you're paying for a service that is too expensive, so they give you a discount. So the discount's supposed to be like you know twenty percent off, whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever whatever percent or amount that is off, they take it off of your bill. Now you're not supposed to see that again, right? You're not supposed to see that again. No. What ends up happening in this particular case is Tico says, hey, listen, we're going to give you a discount. We're going to take this off of your electric bill, and what you're going to do is go ahead and just pay your electric bill throughout the year, okay? What the, uh, what the people don't know is that at the end of the year, they see that amount again that's been taken off. And they put it in a bill, and it culminates into this huge bill that could be like $1,000, right? I've heard stories about $1,000 yeah. or more, that $1,500, along with a $200 bill for that particular month in December. So December, you get a $200 bill, which is a regular bill, and you get a $1,000 bill or a $700 bill or something like that. And if you don't pay it, you get cut off. If you don't pay it, you get cut off. I hope y'all heard what I said. 
if you if you know about what I'm talking about, if you know the the, the program I'm talking about, you can call in. That's fine. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. If you know the program I'm talking about, call in. If you don't, that's cool. That's cool. If you don't want to call in about it, that's okay. But just know, it is true. It is true, and this is what's happening to people right now. So outside of the outside of the public health issue that they that they that they that they impact people with from their continuous burning of fossil fuels, right? Uh, creating urban heat islands, uh, contributing to the creation of urban heat islands. And when I say contributing to the creation of urban heat islands, because you can't put all that on Tico. That's not that's not right. That's not fair. That's not true. But they are. Let me be clear about this point. They are the second largest contributor to carbon emissions in the Hillsborough County area. And let me be clear, we have the worst air quality anywhere, according to the American Heart Association. I didn't say it. I didn't make it up. They said it. Okay? Look up Earth Justice. Look up EPA. Look up the American Heart Association, American Lung Association, excuse me. Look it up. It's there. Mm. Look up, look up, look up, just Google, Google everything else. Google this. <laughs> who, who, who are the largest emitters of carbon emissions in Hillsborough County? They will say transportation and energy. Who runs energy in Hillsborough County? Tico. Okay. And, and the pie, and they have it in the pie chart. How do I know this? Because I've seen it. They have it in the pie chart. Trust me when I tell you, the piece of the pie that Tico's responsible for is just about as large as the traffic pie. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you. It, the, the difference is negligible. It's negligible. Okay? That is a problem, which is why we keep pushing for the issue of clean air. That's why we're pushing for clean air. That's why we're pushing for solar energy. Okay? And as people come back, somewhere, well, what about when we have to get rid of the solar panels and we got, and then we create a whole dump yard? Trust me when I tell you, there ain't going to be no dump yard of solar panels. <laughs> you can redo solar panels. Solar panels will be redone. So let's get that out. Let's just get that out the way. <laughs> let's get that out the way. Okay, they can be reused. They can be repurposed. They can All that can be redone. You, you don't have to create any... any any farce with anybody saying, oh, well, we're going to have this huge, huge dump area with nothing but solar panels. Come on, man. Stop. Stop. Mm. Stop. But we know for certain is, what we know for certain is, greenhouse gases are causing sea level rise. Greenhouse gases are causing this extreme heat. Greenhouse gases are causing energy burdens. Why? Because when you turn that air conditioner on, what happens? And, and, and that air conditioner goes bad. <laughs> <laughs> Two things happen. <laughs> let, let, let's take it respectively. When you turn it on and you burn the hell out, you, you burn it up. I mean, you're really pushing that thing, right? Because mm-hmm. it's hot, mm-hmm. right? What happened to your bill? Skyrockets. Skyrockets. <laughs> and most of the houses in, in East Tampa, West Tampa, Sulphur Springs, and so forth, in these poor communities, the houses are not weatherized. The apartments are not weatherized. They have these old windows where it seeps right out. There. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. And then when you look at what happens with the, with the, uh, uh, when, when the air conditioner goes out, whoa. <laughs> whoa. You got a real problem then. And, right? And the best selling point of the, of the solar is that you can store energy, right? Yes. And sell it yes. maybe or use it later. Well, they preempted the selling part. Okay. They preempted that through the legislature because they didn't want us having any money. They want the people out. They want all the money for themselves. They don't like competition. Creeps, That's man. <laughs> That's just creep, man. Talk about it, but they don't like it. Yeah, they don't like it. They don't like it. They don't want that competition. That you know, they don't want that heat. They don't want that heat. And there's people out there that's sitting ready to give it to. They keep on, <laughs> keep on, keep on. All right. Um, so that that we have a bus tour coming up. So the toxic bus tour is taking place next Saturday. This coming Saturday. All right, uh, from nine to three. Okay, from nine to three. Where are we going? 
Um, we going down to the Tico plant. <laughs> okay. We'll show y'all the plant. We're going to drive by. We ain't going to terrorize nobody or make nobody scared <laughs> and start protesting. No, we're going to drive by, okay, so you can see where all this devastation is coming from. <laughs> and, then, and then we're going to see why it's a problem for the people that live near it. When they wake up in the morning, they see those smokestacks mm-hmm. in the morning, right? They have to breathe that stuff in the morning throughout the day. You've seen it, Mobili. Then we go, we drive down to Wyoming and we see where Tico made that investment of over millions of dollars to create an, a self-contained microgrid uh. in South Shore Bay community. South Shore Bay is one of the local communities, the brand new, predominantly white and affluent community that has the that has the lagoon and the lazy river and everything. Everybody goes to down there. Well, that's in Wyoming, right? Outside the flood zone. Outside the flood zone. Mm. Check out March 8th uh, issue of the Tampa Bay Times. Check it out. Because there's a couple on the front that are talking about how they survived Hurricane Ian. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Then we go to, we went to, we go to Progress Village so you can see the comparison of the two. Progress Village hasn't been touched for 60 years. All the promises, all the promises coming from the county, all the promises coming from everywhere else, all, all the promises coming from everywhere about what they're going to do. And they haven't done a daggone thing yet. Not one single solitary thing. And and, and the only people that's doing anything is the people coming from the um, uh, Green Stripe Project where they're going out there and putting in uh, solar. They're setting people up for solar so they can have fair solar so they can have the same type of chance at surviving these things without the lights going out when these disasters hit that the people down in South Shore Bay have. That's real uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. What Tico could have done, and they know they could have done it, they probably didn't have the, the presence of thought to do it because, again, here's that ivory tower thing, the disconnection with the people, right? So, they did not go um, and find out what they could have done in Progress Village. At least if they had made the effort to actually work with them on the, re- the on, on doing the infrastructure, you know, I wouldn't even be sitting there saying anything in this right now because I'd be giving them a shout-out mm-hmm. for giving, making the effort, right, to get it done. But that's not what's happening. That's not what's happening at all, right? So... We're going to see that. We're going to eat there because this is where we're going, we're going to support the, the community by eating there and have, you know supporting the, the local restaurants there. Uh, shout out to uh, Burning Barbecue right there in on Flower Street right there in uh, in Progress Village. Check them out. Check them out. Um, you know, it's a, it's a it, this is what it's all about and understanding where you are. We're going to go by Ebor City in East Ebor. We're going to show where they have the um, uh, the outpost, right? They have, Tico has a, uh, a sub plant, substation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right there at the end of the street. You've seen it before. Yeah. And, and, and it just happens to be that, just coincidentally, people that don't smoke, men like that, six people die at the end of that street right next to that substation mm. Mm, of cancer. Wow. Hmm. Oh, yeah, they, they speculated. They're, they're like, yeah, that's a bit of a problem. Not to mention the fact that they moved the plant back when they put the expressway in and ruined the community with the expressway. They ruined it again with the plant. And then they moved the plant back because for one reason, well, two reasons. One is to make room for the expressway. Two, because there had been studies that showed that there was some... Uh, radiation emissions coming from the from that uh, substation wow. that could cause problems for people that live there, and that's right next to those houses. Mm. You know? so so yeah, we got some issues to deal with. Yeah, there's some issues, some real issues to deal with. But um, we are going to talk today about the violence that that took place that evening after the after the think tank. I was broken, broken. In Ebor City, in my Ebor City, my Ebor City, man, listen, they went in there and started shooting. Somebody went in there and started shooting, man. Yeah. 14-year-old kid dead. 
14. Right? And yet, I forget how many people that were injured as a result of the shooting that took place. But 14-year-old kid, dead. Can't come back from that. Yeah, we're definitely going to be interested in hearing the trial. It's hearing what happened because he's the the uh, the frilly-haired boy. What's his name? The one that they've already got in custody mm-hmm. for pulling the gun. He's going to say it was stand your ground that he waved at a girl <laughs> and that this other group came at him armed. He could see they were reaching for something. So it's going to be interesting to see if this is going to be a stand your ground case or is this going to be another gang violence case? You know, the idea that these two groups were actually a gang and we are, I know a couple of people who have video from that night, so I'm certain the police, the courts are going to look heavily at that video to find out who pulled the gun first and who shot first and why, you know. Why would, if you just waved at a girl, why would you, you know... Start shooting at them. Yeah. Why why would you pull out a gun if they're just coming at you? Why would they pull out a gun over a girl, so... What is that about? What is that about? There's something deeper. Man, listen, when we come back, we are going to talk about it. We come back uh, here on the Sunday Forum. This is incredible, incredible stuff. Um, But we're going to talk about it here on the Sunday Forum when we come back. Um... We're going we gonna to get down and boogie a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're going to get down and boogie a little bit. Call in 813-239-9663. 813-239-9663. We're going to shake your butt meat a little bit right here on WMNF on the Sunday Forum. Don't it? 
Like they won't ever get it, huh? Like, push your personal feelings of racial injustice so far underneath the carpet that you trip over your own family history. <laughs> But I love me some black folk. I love the hair grease and the rental fees. The front row seats, the police, the projects, the mustard greens, being late, social security checks, government assistance, bougie, black, looking good, bags of hair, fake press on nails, rat tail comb, stunting gold jean, gold teeth, black men and big feet. I love me some black folk. For they are the people that were made from the darkest parts of the sky. Smile like your mama, eyes like the sun, beautiful child, oh you're the one. Fly like your daddy, make me so happy, beautiful child. Love here on Sunday Forum, WMNF Tampa, 88.5 FM. That was tanking the bangers, black folk. That's right. Featuring Alex. Man, listen, that thing, <laughs> that thing had you think about your childhood. Mm-hmm. What? What? <laughs> And we have, we have in studio with us today um, a dear friend from... From New York. <laughs> I call her New York Annie. Miss Annie Miles. How you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. How you guys doing today? Doing well, doing well. That's good. This is a this let me tell you, this is a community businesswoman that we're very glad to have. And we just want to get community viewpoints on on what we're about to discuss right now. Um this is guess this uh violence that we witnessed. You we actually we were actually Together and mm-hmm. that day. Yes, we were. Right? And then we saw, or not saw, but we wake up the next morning and we, and we see that this happened. You know, wow, man. You know, it's, okay, Mobile, run, run it down. Run it down. Let's run it down. So, Ebor City, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's having a great time as usual. And, and mind you, you know, there are times when the police intercede in certain things. You have look, people get unruly you know, that, in, in there. But very rarely do you hear of anybody shooting anybody in Ebor City. That just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Right? Well, it did that weekend. So, what we want to talk about is what happened. And we want to talk about You want to make sense of it, right? To the standpoint and give some perspective about what has happened, okay? Before we do that, um, I would like to go to the phone lines and answer this call. Call it. 
Let's see if we can get the caller on the air. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday four. Um, on that point, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, because people are talking about gun control and ammunition control, um, as I mentioned briefly uh, before, National Security Minister of uh, Israel, Itmar Ben-Gvir, and his wife then uh, took to social media after October 7th and uh, called for loosening of uh, Israel's strict gun control laws. So we here in this country, as we see the globalists, are trying to uh, motivate a, another world war. Uh, we need to be able to repel an invading army. And when it comes to uh, electromagnetic field, maybe we should have an EMP gun to disable the robots because uh, people are losing their health to such a high degree that they can't serve in the military. So many generals, even in Israel, are pointing out uh, they can't find uh, healthy recruits. And um, uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to that, uh, you know, the, the number of cancers you're talking about, Walter, in the communities around the uh, substations, uh, um, go to my site, uh, check out the links page on my site at theliberationstation.com. That's theliberationstation.com. And there's a section on EMF and EMP protection. Um, I'm just adding some sites now, some more sites of products that can help uh, protect oneself. I've mentioned before, last time I called about this, uh, some uh, remediation methods like uh, shielded clothing. And there's also shielded painting like Y-Shield that's available. Um, then Mobili cut me off. And, uh, well, we're not going to go there, Chris. We're not. Chris, 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 Chris. First of all, the, the, thank you for that information. But we're not going to go there with the cutoff thing. Let's stick with the, let's, let's stick with what the, the topic is, brother. This go, is wait. the topic you dismissed that you're claiming that it costs too much without investigating it or asking me any questions, and then you went on about how I don't understand how black communities are targeted, and then you uh, admitted, well, you could be wrong. And yes, Walter, you are wrong on that. I'm wrong about what? Claiming that I don't understand how black communities are being targeted with electric substations. I, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. No, I did not. I did not say that at all. And you can play it back several times, and I did not say that. I did not say that. What I can okay. tell you is, what, what, we, what we can definitely say for certain is, let's stay on topic. Now, you can either stop what you're doing right now, Chris, or we will cut it off. Okay. So now, let's, so now, so now, let's have a conversation. Let's you spoke, I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond. Now, protective. what I will say is the protective clothing is not practical, I don't think. I don't think. The protective clothing is not practical because we don't, we don't, this, this, we, aren't, we don't live in a society where this is a steampunk society or something like that, right? That's not, people don't sell that on a regular. People don't have the money for that type of thing in these communities. These are frontline communities. So it's not practical for that type of thing to be to be sold or for people to be buying it, right? What is practical is they did dismantle these these uh, substations and move them elsewhere. That's what's practical. Remediate the property. That's what's practical. And that's, you know, because they wouldn't put that type of thing somewhere else. They wouldn't put it on a uh, in, uh, what do you call it, down in South Tampa, Bayshore area. They wouldn't do that. So why would they put it here uh, and, and keep it here? We we have we've done several interviews with people who live in that community who said, you know, that substation's been there since they were a child. And they can never understand why they would have such a thing in a black community then, and they still don't understand why it's there now. You know, and that's that's a real problem. It's a serious problem. Solution to that, as you said, you know, um, you know, with the... Uh, Protective clothing is one thing, but now what does make sense that you did give one one solution you gave is to have a buffer. Now, a buffer between the substations um, and industrialized operations and the communities that they that they impact that makes sense to create a buffer of some sort. And all communities are being affected by the cell towers, by the cell phones. Uh, by the uh, high, the high test, especially the high test power lines, and uh, I've never gone off topic, Walter. So I think that's just a lame excuse to just try to cut me off. I, I encourage folks to check out sites like Man, listen, me, dude, whatever, but, whatever, dude. Okay. Um. So anyway, 
Well, he did. He said uh, something about we have to protect ourselves from invading armies, and maybe we should get electromagnetic pulse guns. <laughs> he is like, wow! He just totally went someplace else. Yeah, and what is the electromagnetic energy? And uh, why we want to introduce that? He said, you know, we know just looking at, you know, some information about electromagnetic pulse energy. Uh, Natural or artificial can occur as an electromagnetic field, electric, whatever. We don't need more guns. We don't need more guns, weapons of war on the streets of the United States. I don't know what army he's planning on fighting against, you know. The Terminators. We don't need these electromagnetic guns. That's what he said on these airwaves. We need probably should get those guns. Well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. And, and I, and, but the buffer part, definitely, uh, Chris, that part where you said that, that made sense is to, is to get a, is to establish a buffer between the communities and those industrialized operations. That makes sense. What makes sense is to remediate and to remove those, those operations. That makes sense. Um, but the clothing Nobody's going to be able to, to buy that uh, on a consistent basis. And, you know, it just, you know, that's that's not practical. That is not practical. So, um, you know, that's that's uh, that's how it is over there. I mean, you know, these people, they, listen, man, we just got finished saying there's an energy burden. Didn't we just get finished saying there's an energy burden? Some of the highest energy burdens in the United States are right here in Hillsborough County. Why and how in the world would somebody be able to pay for that type of thing, given what the greed of the energy companies? Come on now. Come on. Yeah. That makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. Next caller. Uh, we have a few minutes until we go to the news. Uh, let's see if we can grab another call. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Hey, I'll be quick. I just was wondering if you guys could comment on a 14-year-old being in Ybor City at 3 o'clock in the morning, which seems a little crazy. And um, also, I, I, I'm curious as to if you could elaborate a little bit more on what gangs were fighting. And it sounds like just a lot of uh, innocent people sort of got caught in between the gunfire and the madness. So I'll, I'll, I'll hang up and let you guys address that on air. You know what? That that's a very good point. I like I like that that uh, that you're asking about the concept of the gangs. Okay. So what we what we what one of the things that we know is uh, in Hillsborough County, um, there's no we, we don't have gangs like that. You know what I mean? It, it's it's based off of where you live, obviously, just like any other gang. Um, would be, um, and the the they group together based off of where they move to or where they live, and there's no real allegiance, so to speak. So there's really no really real gang, so to speak. Now I don't know that this is a gang um, that that has that this is that did this. I have no idea. What I do, it doesn't sound like it at all. Doesn't sound like any gang activity at all. What it does sound like is that you have somebody who was unhinged uh, that did something that, that did something wrong. I mean, they, they just started waving his gun and shooting. Um, now, not not just randomly shooting, of course. There was somebody who they were shooting for. Now, I don't. Again, I don't. We don't know the detail of that. That's still being investigated. We do not know the detail of that just yet. But I would not, uh, and, and I'm glad you said I'm so glad you said it like that. Um, we need to make certain that we are careful of uh, 